Those Charleston guys are up to something in Boston. This is City on a Hill, episode two, what they saw in Southie High, and we are going to break it down. Make sure you guys stay tuned. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hey, folks, love this music for this show. <laughs> Welcome to the City on a Hill After Show. I am your girl, Nakia Monet, and I cannot do this by myself, and I am joined by my lovely co-host. I'm Corjandro. I am very excited. This is a Boston homegrown home field panel, because that is the show, yes. and I am very proud of the casting of the show and the casting of this after show yes. are in kind. That's right. So we may be a little biased because we're from Boston. <laughs> Couldn't be more biased, I'd say. Like, I actually didn't even put that together. Like, what, what if they put those people in the show? Because maybe they love it. Maybe because they love Boston and they love everything about it. I miss my town. Bean Town, stand up. As you guys know, if you guys do know, I am from New York City, but I did grow up in Chelsea. And Koi's also from Boston. And next week in the weeks coming, we will have a full panel who's also from Boston. So this is going to be a really interesting show. We are now on episode two, City on a Hill. Before we dig in, just to let you guys know, we do have a cool special segment for you guys and we do have some news and gossip so make sure you guys stay tuned what did you think about this episode so overall thoughts i love this show because it's able to capture the feel of not just the location but the time like they really use the music creatively the editing is actually reminds me of an early 90s uh police procedural so they edit not like today's television they edit in a time lost like i I don't remember a show that feels like this the last 15 years so adding that to the music to the wardrobe to all the stuff that most shows do really give it a specific flavor and i love that i know all of these people i i grew up with these exact kids i grew up with these exact situations like this all feels impossibly accurate to the point where they mention a name from like our childhood it's like yeah. <laughs> oh right okay yeah that did happen right before us because yeah. i'm not old enough to be like aware of 1989 boston but i'm aware of like what whitey did in 89 and like what those things the ramifications later yes so it's been and like nashua is where i shopped so seeing like the flower depot and like it's and like here in charleston bank robbery it was it like warmed my heart to hear that boston charleston specifically has been robbing banks so long <laughs> that it's got like a 30 year run yes and it's the show is so nostalgic and yeah. i don't know if we're saying this because we're from boston but watching it you feel like you're at home yeah. from seeing all the different monuments and the way you felt about nassau like i felt that way about revere beach because yeah. i grew up in chelsea so seeing everything i know all these people like you said as kids like we weren't around 89 boston but growing up in schools like i was just telling you off air like i went to a catholic school and my teacher sister nancy would always talk about whitey bulger so that was the thing in Boston yeah. where she would be like he's this mysterious guy and no one knows who he is and I love that this show they drop history facts because we learn about the Boston bus situation which we'll talk a little bit about that later but I thought this episode was really good Yeah, because I feel like the end of episode one kind of caught me off guard mm-hmm. um, so we'll kind of jump into it so the end of episode one we kind of find out that Jimmy Frank's brother is an informant yeah. and he's working with Jackie and when I seen that at the end of that first episode I was like wait whoa 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 what was like your initial reaction when you found that out so I was really enjoying that the show was twisty and turny but in very like linear ways if that makes sense like it was doing the things that you expect a pilot to do like these the characters something sketchy these are the characters and everyone kind of like crossed their t's and dotted their eyes but i knew it needed to have something i knew it needed to have a little bit to land me with like every trailer has that post title and then there's that five second you're like oh and i love that the choice they made with this was that almost unlikable 
Bacon and the almost unlikable Loudmouth are in cahoots. Like, I really dug that the two characters that shouldn't be likable but find a way to be are the two that are working together. Like, Jonathan Tucker is just charm incarnate. So, if he was the rat, it wouldn't have worked for me because I'd be like, I want to love him because he's a dirty, fucking awesome sketchball of a guy, yeah. whereas the loudmouth, like, he's gotta have something more to him, otherwise he's a cliche. Yes, because episode one, you think that he's just this stupid brother yeah. who really doesn't have anything to offer, but at the end, when you're like, wait, no, he's actually smart, and he's in cahoots with Kevin Bacon's character, so um, what I do love about this show, every, well, I was gonna say every episode, we're only on episode two. <laughs> Both episodes. Both episodes, <laughs> they open with a little bit of facts, so I kinda took a screen grab of the yeah. facts, so this one says, two weeks ago, an armed car went missing in Revere, Massachusetts, Three guards were presumed dead. Five days later, another armed car heist took place in Nassau, New Hampshire, and that's how we open the episode. Yeah. So when we do open, we do see um, Jimmy and Jackie sitting and having that conversation, and Jimmy giving Jackie a little bit too much information, and he's like, look, I want immunity, I need money to see my kids. But I was thinking, I'm like, damn, is he kind of throwing his brother under the bus for oh, $20,000? 100%. 100%. But this is $20,000, That's worth yeah. something. Not to say it's okay to rat your brother out, but $20,000 today, especially in L.A., buys you a Chipotle. $20,000 in 1989 <laughs> buys you a reasonable-sized condo. Or, like, you know, a, 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 pay, a payment on it. Like, something. Yeah. Like, $20,000 then was different. Not to say you should rat your brother out for any sum of money, but it's funny to look back in these times, like, you know, five grand brought you a brand new car back then. Exactly. So, that's the perspective. And I also like that that opening sequence you talk about, it puts you from, you're within the city. You're not watching a show where you're outside of the city. One of the things I like about the show is you're watching from within it. Yeah. And again, that might be our bias, because all these people like so. 1989 is literally like we know the kids of these people yes like all the people we, that are like 20 in this you know i was thinking i was like damn i wonder like if this is real these people are like where are their kids because we know the kid like yeah we, we know like these are the parents i like boxed with mickey ward mole <laughs> and like mickey would have been around this back in 89 yeah like that would have been that time frame so it's just it's it's interesting to see how little has changed and how much has changed at the same time yeah good old boston but yeah jimmy i was uh, shocked at because i was like his brother loves him so much and to kind of see him. I mean, everyone has their reasons. Like he said, he yeah. wants to see his kids. He's like, I need to give the money and I just see the love that his brother shows him. So I'm like, okay. But I now I get the inside because where he gets upset where he's like, you got, I believe his name is, um, I wrote his name down. He's like, you got, what's his face? A lawyer. Tommy Hayes. You got Tommy yeah. Hayes, a lawyer. So to me, I looked at it like, okay, I think he loves his brother, but I also think that he resents his brother. So that was a little interesting. But with Jimmy sitting down with Jackie, kind of opens the Kanicki case. Mm-hmm. Which so, we, is the big mystery of the show. The big mystery, because episode one... Um, Oh God! There's so many there's characters. A lot in the show. Of, his daughter, <laughs> his daughter, Frank's daughter, be- Kit. Yes, beautiful Kit. She says that she has all these nightmares, and she says the Kanicki name. She says Kelly Kanicki. So all throughout episode one, you're hearing this mysterious name, but you don't know who it is. Right. So episode two, we finally get to find out that there's a guy who's presumed dead and he's missing. Yeah. And I call them the Charlestown Boys because I don't know what to call them. May have something to do with it. What do you think? I think they they definitely had something to do with it. I think it's one of the earlier cases, and I think they it's not a coincidence they bring they mention a cold case and using it as leverage later. So I think yeah. Kanicki's going to come back up. I definitely think the thing I missed the most this season was actually that daughter, because I'm like, yo, she got beat up with a hockey stick last episode. What's going on? So I love that not only is there so many characters we can't keep track of the amount of names, but we're also invested in that many characters yeah. where I'm worried what she's up to. And we met that girl for like six minutes. I know. You know what I mean? Like, that's I, I impressive. That. Even with like Jackie's mother-in-law, which yeah. we'll get a little bit into her, the kids, because I was like, wait, are they going to beat this little kid's ass? Like, who's beating her up with the hockey stick? 
sick. So I, I like that you said that, that we get to learn new different characters. Like it's just not on the Charleston boys. It's not just on like Jackie and um, Aldis's character. It's not about the cops. Like it's on yeah. everybody, which I love. So I was really interested in the whole Kaniki situation. So I now call them the Dream Team, the prosecuting FBI team. I have all these different names. We got the Charleston <laughs> boys and the Dream Team. The Dream Team. They start to knock on doors and they start to ask questions. And Tommy Hayes is the first one mm-hmm. who they ask, and he gets a little nervous um, because apparently he changed his statement. Yeah. So, uh, listen, <laughs> I feel like when you have so many hands in the pot, someone's bound to go down. Yep. And now that we know that Jimmy is an informant, it's not going to look good. Um, but something that looks good, it looks like the Charleston boys pulled up a bigger heist. Yeah, that's the scene with uh, <laughs> with, with my boy, uh, Tucker, with that mirror. And then, <sighs> then seeing his brother like just fooling with it this episode. like Just that little bit that it shifted out. It, it's Were you such nervous? A, ooh, so, like, <laughs> it's such a testament to good TV making that we're like watching someone with a mirror being like, don't do it, don't do it. And that's like oh. we're we're two episodes in and already that invested, and exactly. I think that's really impressive. Yeah, and, and with this many characters, it's hard to invest because you're invested. Like your attention is split fifteen ways, yeah. so it's easy to lose track. Instead, we're like, "What's going on here? What's going on there? Oh, don't touch that mirror!" And it keeps you invested in such a specific way. And I think that this episode, I liked the directing in this episode a little better. Um, I thought the dynamic of when when Kevin Bacon's character was talking to the snitch, the the side profiles they did, and how it captured like a certain type of dynamic for interrogation, how you felt removed but also invested. And then the show continued with these really interesting edits and then the anytime they show the car, it's got this really... It shows the world at the time through just a frame or two. Like, yeah. the show's able to do in 10 seconds what it would take another show to do in two minutes. It's so nostalgic. And I love the way, like you said, I love the way it's shot. Yeah. I love the camera work. I love the way it looks. It looks very 1989, 1992. Like, it looks so nostalgic. Whatever frames they're using, whatever it, filters they yeah. got on it, definitely have that. And and the writer's from Quincy. Like, the writer gets it. Look at that. Uh, the writer was, like, <laughs> discovered by Affleck and Damon years ago, and this has been in development for a bit. And the writer really gets this town. There's so many lines, especially in the first episode when they're establishing the characters. There's so many lines. I'm like, oh, I've heard that yes. before. Like, I, that's that's like an old proverb yeah. from Boston. Like, <laughs> Boston you know what I mean? Like when you hear something yes. at a bar and then years later someone else says it. That's the like, show. I do appreciate a show like this where you bring in the people who are from the town. You bring yeah. in the Boston people. You bring in the EP. You bring in the two EPs, Matt and um, Ben, who are from Boston and they understand the town. Mm-hmm. So that's why I really appreciate the show. And we're only two episodes in. Yeah. So I, like, I'm invested. Like when his brother was moving the mirror and the page went off, I was like, Jesus Christ, don't touch the mirror. But we, you know, the guys hold up a bigger heist and his brother has no idea that he's actually going back and forth. But to get rid of some of the money, the guys have to gamble some of it away. Yeah. And I love the quote that uh, Frank says to his brother. He's like, we you can rob money, but we now have to get away with robbing the money. Mm-hmm. He's so smart, but it's unfortunate that his brother is probably going to be the person to take him down. Can we talk about Kathleen, though? Um, Tucker's wife on yeah. the show. How badass she is. Oh, she's every scene. <laughs> the scene with the daughter that, from episode one where she just handles it calmly is like, no, no, you're going to get him back. You're going to break his dick. Like, that scene alone, I was like, oh, no, that makes sense. They're together. And I love that this show isn't uh, veering away from the power struggle in a relationship. Instead of being like, strong man, weak woman, it's strong man, strong woman, because if you want to make the man look strong, and I love that modern TV is doing this, you don't 
paint their mate as weak. Like, that's a weakness in all parties involved. If you want a strong female character and you make the male weak, it shows, like, why did they get married? And vice versa. If you have a strong male, why would they want to be with someone lesser than them? So I love that television and culture is catching on to the fact that, like, if you're an intelligent, capable, smart person, your significant other probably is too. So I love that the show's (laughs) like, yo, we got Jonathan Tucker, who is doing all of this. We gotta cast someone that's gonna keep up with him or take that over. And I love that they're showing that through the strength of his daughter. Everyone in that family dynamic is just like... Everyone's strong, everyone's witty, and I love her character because when you watch some things like this, even if it's like a mobster type movie or Mm -hmm. anything to do with gangs, the wives are usually the ones who sit at home and they mind their business, but not his wife. She's She's like, no, how much? What are we doing? Count the money. Too much. She's in the plant, and I loved seeing that. That was like a big turn on for me, yeah. I was like, yes, and I love the, I love the strong female presence on the show. As far as like uh, Siobhan, who's DeCourcy's wife, who's a lawyer, um, Kathleen. Even when we see Kevin Bacon's wife, I think we're going to see her going forward. She'll grow because of her mother. So yeah. I, I love seeing that. But let's go into Jackie and Kevin Bacon's daughter. And Kevin Bacon's daughter. She every badass. time she's on screen is badass. Yeah, I just want to give her some love. So that's why I appreciate the show because we also see the women, and now we meet a new investigator, Rachel, yeah. who's working with the Dream Team, also badass, and also all this. Uh, Aldous's wife is is everything she's in. She like keeps up and and then some. And I yes. really respect that. I'm like these women are badass yeah. on the show. So I love that that we have that dynamic with the women and the men. But speaking of Kevin Bacon, Jackie, yeah, who he's one of those characters who you love to hate. Oh, it's he's instant. A, he's a dick, but you kind of love him. Yeah. Um, but he's up to no good. He is you know on the other side of town and doing his thing and. <laughs> He notices something on his side chick <laughs> when he was, you know, doing the business and he thought, you know, maybe I should get an STD check. Yeah. But so this is my confusion. Now, I don't know how they did it in the early 90s. When the free clinic calls the house, I thought it was like privacy instead of them kind of just giving the information. Yeah, like immediately, like, oh, this is the right house. Like, <laughs> So Jackie's mother-in-law happens to pick up and finds out that she's he's stepping out on her precious daughter. Yeah. And they kind of have this tiff where you, though you love Jackie's character and you love Kevin Bacon's character, you kind of see where he can kind of go. So when I seen him threatening his mother-in-law, yeah. I was like, okay, this guy's crazy. And her dead husband's like, you know, like toy. <laughs> like when he's just like, yo, I didn't like him ever. I was like, all right. Like we've already seen him be bad. So how do you make him be worse? And yeah. I love that he's like desecrating the dead. And I re- I also love that Kevin Bacon, he's another one of those characters where like, I know that guy. And yeah. what the things, and I also like as a as a Bostonian, it makes me nervous because some of his thoughts, I'm like, oh, I've thought that. Like, a lot. I don't love that my city is now like, Lowell's got a Whole Foods. Southeast got a Whole Foods across from a Yoga Works. Mull's Diner is two blocks from a Whole Foods. <laughs> what we, is that can shit? Can we talk about like the assembly? Have you ever been, what is it? It's not Saugus, but it's next to Chelsea. I think it's like Mefford and Malden. Okay. This is where like um, Good Times used to be, oh, the yeah, arcade yeah. and the movie theater. Yeah. It's now like a whole shopping center. It's like all these different restaurants. Isn't that feel weird? It's so weird. My mom's like, oh, you will love it. I'm like, what? No. So some of that opening episode dialogue where Kevin Bacon's establishing his character and yeah. he's like, this city used to be something when bad men were running it and they yeah. knew they were bad men. And like, there's a piece of me that's like, yo, the yoga works doesn't belong where somebody gets stabbed. <laughs> like, there's something no, to it. No, that Starbucks does not belong on that corner no honestly and I think they were very smart to like establish this character because that's what a lot of people think and that's how a lot of people think today where it's like yeah. wait whoa and that's just you know ramifications of gentrification and, and that's timeless I mm-hmm. love that it felt authentically 1989 but also authentically 2019 where we're like yo that arcade <laughs> and it would have been that arcade getting put in and yeah. like right. arc- you know what I mean and like for us that was our thing that's and then our, like, 
Jackie and they're they're like, wait, what the hell? Why is there arcade? This is where we would hang out and drink and do our thing. Is it? Love the show. Full circle. Such stuff. a great Good stuff. Boston show. locals watching a Boston local We're show. Bias. <laughs> Some New Yorkers say? watching this afterbuzz show right now. Yes. Like, the fuck like is what's this wrong show? with you guys? If New Yorkers are New Yorkers, I still got you because I'm from Brooklyn, but I did grow up in Boston, so you know this is about Boston today. So New York, we're gonna have to go over there. <laughs> That's the other show. You know, we're a little biased. <laughs> you guys have had some good TV though. Let's not. Yeah, let's not, New York, we've you've some, done okay. We've done okay. Boston, I feel like it's time for our show. We've had some shows here and there, but I think this is a great show because it's nostalgic and it's Boston. And I feel yeah. like Boston doesn't get that shine, um, especially for me. Like as a black girl growing up in Boston, I know that a lot of times my family members would be like, "Wait, there's black people in Boston." <laughs> so I do. So I love that there's a show to show. Like, no, actually, many people and in Boston. And they open it with that. The characters yes. are like, "Yo, there's black people in Boston," and the characters in the show are like. Everyone is experiencing that, and, and yeah. I, I've also struggled with people's perspective of Boston being as white as it is because I I definitely moved out here and was like, you guys really think that's still? <laughs> I'm like, oh uh, no, I'm like, I I think it's because Boston is so segregated. Yeah. So a lot of times when people are visiting, they're like, wait, I, even my family they they would visit us and be like, where are the people, where where are the black? I'm like, guys, there are thousands of black people you just don't see. There's Asian people, Hispanic people, white people. There's so many people in Boston. So I love that this show is able to go now into Roxbury. Yeah. We're in Charleston. We're in South Boston. We're in Revere. I've never seen a show or movie ever really touch up on Revere. Hearing these, like, not just as <laughs> As throwaway lines, not just like where you know the departed mentions like Salisbury or like Woburn. Yeah, like when when the departed's like Worcester. I'm like, we know. I'm like, we get it. But Worcester's like going big. to Revere, Revere is a different yeah. and Revere Beach. So that's what I love about the show. So shout out to the creators and the team that put this together. So speaking about Roxbury, uh, DeCourcy, who's Aldis's character, him and his wife Siobhan, they attend a funeral service in Roxbury. Um, and the pastor, who was played by Seth Gillum from The Wire, I know that's everyone's favorite show. So I thought that I'd put that in there. He was one of the detectives on The Wire. He has given this eulogy about the crime in Roxbury and this guy was killed by someone there. He wasn't killed by police. He wasn't killed by anybody else by one of us and we need to stop the violence and have everyone come together. But in the middle of his speech, three people run into the church and someone is murdered in the church doing a funeral. I literally almost shit myself. I was like, wait, what the f-? But then I was like, wait, this is like 1989, 1990 yeah. Boston. And it's one of those things where everybody reacts and of course he's sitting there like, wait, what is happening? Because he's in a delicate situation where he's the prosecutor so he's kind of on two different sides where, and we see the scene where they call him the house in word mm-hmm. and it's like he's fighting these demons. How did you feel about that scene? Well, it's a lot. How did you feel about the scene with the murder those in the church? Those five scenes. Those five different scenes that I just threw out to you. <laughs> And DeCourcy's dilemma, because we see that Jackie kind of... We see this bromance kind of build between these two, and we see that Jackie kind of comes to DeCourcy's wife and says, look, he's in a tough situation. He has to get white people to trust him, because he's a prosecutor, but he's black. The Mm -hmm. police already hate him. The black people already love him, so he doesn't really have to do that. So what do you you think about that whole I think Bacon is 100% manipulating him through his wife. so bad. I think think that scene is all about the long game. He's playing chess at that house, not checkers. He is. And I definitely think, uh, I love the scene with DeCourcy, right? Yeah, DeCourcy, yeah. Uh, When he's like, arms up Mm. because I don't want to give you any opportunity to misread this. Like, that whole sequence was really powerful because that's still a 2019 situation. So, it was interesting to see a 30-year-old timepiece being like, well... Uh, So, that whole sequence really showed 
the importance of separating yourself from your work if you're in that position of power because he can't anything he does will make anything he does inadmissible and yes. i thought that was fascinating because <laughs> you don't see that side of law a lot like yeah. if he had interacted in any way that stuff would be a problem and he's not a cop he's a lawyer exactly. so it, it's those moments in like law shows they're like it's inadmissible because he's at the scene and it's like lawyers got to have the same issues so i love that whole setup and i also it felt really authentic like roxbury like like Mission Hill, like mm-hmm. the whole little pocket, like the other side of Mission Hill. Yeah, uh, that's something I could see happening at those churches. Yeah. Like that Seven Eleven after that, when you get off the what, red line, terrifying. Yeah, uh, like that whole little pocket. So I imagine a church would be even scarier, especially then. So yeah. it felt very authentic to the neighborhood, but it also felt like a great plot point. It felt like a great way to further the narrative. Yeah exponentially they don't have to have them go on five cases they have one case that makes it like white people black people you got this problem kevin bacon like it allows it to sum up yeah and with a 10 episode season they need these leaps yeah. so i thought that was a perfect five season five five moments <laughs> yeah to no, really like bring it all down yeah ahead. no it wasn't i think you're absolutely right because he's in the situation where he's like well, i i i can't even go i can't touch the body i can't do shit i'm a prosecutor and like you said it does ring true today where he still has to hold up his hands and have his badge and he's like and they're like why are you raising your hand and he's like so you would understand we're not moving yeah. I'm a lawyer so you don't understand we were just shot at we're not the shooter so that was really interesting but I think you're right I think Kevin Bacon's character is totally manipulating because he's one of those characters where you love him you hate to love him so as he's talking I'm like is he fucking manipulating oh, me yeah. too I'm like eating it's Kevin Bacon if they <laughs> cast anybody else would be like screw that guy but right. they cast Kevin Bacon but I love that um, Siobhan DeCourcy's wife is like okay what do you want yeah. so and I think she can read through him but I, I thought it was a really interesting thing and they have this conversation where I think this bromance is starting to form between the two and you know surface though it's surface it's, yeah. just, it's make believe and I don't know who's playing you more and that's, that's what's that's bothering fun. me because I can't figure it out yeah. I'm like I think what's gonna happen they're gonna try to play each other as best as possible but I think they are gonna actually start to like each other oh yeah they have to and then one's gonna betray the other yeah and which one's <laughs> it gonna be and that's what buddy cops are for except these it. are dirty buddy cops yes and I like that even better the moment he pulled his eye out which one whoa but and then he lied about it in episode two yes! when we went from like that's intense to like I was lying about that intensity like they're definitely buddy cops on the other side of the court right. and it's gonna be great and I love that they both showed each other their hands he yeah. was like my dad doesn't know King I had cancer and Kevin Bacon's character was like okay I, I see you and I think that now they respect each other yeah. so you know we're at episode two we're only two episodes in and I'm hooked Yeah, they got me um, it's really nostalgic and I'm not just saying this because I grew up in Boston it's just a really good show it helps but it's not just that it helps <laughs> also, who's helping is our guy Jimmy, who was the informant. Because at the end of this episode, they find the truck. Yeah, and it drops. I love and that it, <laughs> it falls back in. And oh, I'm like so true. So I love it. Now I already have credited some of the smaller scenes. Uh, yeah. Tucker in the grocery store is so interesting because if you, I can't think of a more drab place. Yeah, like, maybe the DMV, but like grocery stores, not a lot happens. But every time he's stocking freaking groceries, which is what every kid from these small towns do. Everyone I know had to work at a Demoulis or like you market, know, basket. market basket. You just said Demoulis. Oh my god! You gosh. know what I mean? Though, like everybody had to work at like Hannaford's. Everybody. Like you had to have that. Like it was yeah. either like Sal's Pizza or Hannaford's. Mm-hmm. You had to go through that phase in your life. So to see like John Tucker working at what I'm I'm in my head canon is a Hannaford is like so interesting because. 
he's doing his business. That's his money, not laundering, but his money cover. He was smart enough to get a job, unlike homie that had the problem exactly. because he didn't have a job. And that shows his intelligence through the most mundane of jobs, which yeah. shows what kind of like long game he's playing. He's super smart. And when he said it, he's like, look, I got to work. And when I was like, oh, he's working at the grocery store. Because you're not going to look at this guy who's Ever. working at a small grocery store who's stocking groceries. Yeah. He has thousands of dollars in his wall. Right. And hundreds like, of thousands of dollars cabbage. he's like no we're good yeah that's you want a, a job that's, and I think that's something that he's trying to tell his brother but his brother's not getting it oh so we thought maybe yeah or maybe he's smarter than we think and did you ever see uh, Black Donnelly's no okay Black Donnelly's one of my favorite shows of all time Hard Stop like ever I'm gonna check it out it's incredible it's Jonathan Tucker as the lead and he's dealing with uh, his crazy brothers it's set in New York but it feels like Boston okay. so you'd like it for two reasons okay. uh, it's I think was the Irish take on the Sopranos and the problem was it came out right around the time that things were going digital so it was airing on network tv it was too violent for network tv so right. they played the first two episodes they put the third one online but no one used how to like no one knew how to do that yet right so it was on like nbc.com which was like you had to type in the http oh yeah no one knew was, how to use that yet no. <laughs> so the show got canceled because it was like one two four when did three and then it just spiraled down oh, but wow. it's it's the cast is great tucker's the lead of it uh olivia wilde's in it okay. it's brilliant Love olivia wilde. like it's fantastic but i think it's it's this reminds me of that tone and it shows like that that Jonathan Tucker uh, his his family his his sense of self his sense of worth and it reminds me a lot of this so it, nice. it, it's a good like sister show and I love looking at Jonathan Tucker I so mean I just wanted to dude throw that is out so there. yoked his his neck goes past his ears can I and just it's so say impressive. though I love this show. I mean, we have Jonathan Tucker on one end, and then we have Aldis Hodge. For me, I don't know about <laughs> you guys. These are two, like, when Aldis is wearing a, a suit and a tie and a shirt, and even when Jonathan Tucker is just, like, stalking groceries, I'm like, two men. Men. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> but I'm kidding. They're probably like, I, can you relax? <laughs> there's there's cast for a reason. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's not an accident. Some people get cast for certain reasons. We're just saying. But no, that's very true. But I think That shirtless conversation wasn't a coincidence. Okay, They're listen. just like, yo, show us traps for 30 seconds longer. They're like, Alice, can you just have a towel on and we're just going to zoom in? We're going to light this for your traps, bro. <laughs> All right. Get the lats in. Okay, perfect. I feel like his shirt's off a lot. Which is okay, and so is Kevin Bacon, and I love Kevin Bacon. So yeah, yo, Kevin Bacon, good on you, man. You're up there, and you're still doing he cardio. So, he looks like, amazing. Hell yeah, it's sickening how him and his wife both care such. Like they both look amazing, and like an actual loving couple in Hollywood. I love them. like decades deep. Yeah, I think they've been together for like maybe over twenty years. Yeah, that's you, it's truly incredible. Actors, this how? is the crossover with your Kardashian show. We just have yeah. like a, we have like a three minute. We just have a little we just gossip. Had a, like a little gossip. Like completely area. as a heterosexual male, acknowledge how handsome these three men. Or and You're that they're the bodies, and then like by the way, they're married really long time. They're really happy. <laughs> I love that we went like super seriously in the home. We just had a whole gossip little corner. <laughs> we had to do little it. Corner. We had to do it. No, this was a really good episode. Is there anything else you want to mention before we go into our segment? Uh, I think that the show is going to start surprising us around episode four and five. Yeah. I think we've got one more episode of slow burn, and then I think it's going to be one of those shows where four or five. It's going to be like, oh, by the way, all that you expected. Now the match is lit. So yeah. I see that coming. Uh, I definitely think that we're going to start to see uh, tribes. Form. Mm-hmm. We've already got your your team names, but Charleston I think it's gonna, boys and the dream boys. team. I think we're gonna get a couple more new characters added to our little mm. posse's, and I think that's gonna be the ignition for episode four and five. Just a theory before love they come out. Love that. I love that. Also, what I love about this show is the historical facts. We hear about Whitey Bulger. If you're a kid from Boston, he was that serious. He was the boogeyman, and I like that they bring up the Boston busing situation because Boston, though as liberal as Boston is, Boston was one of the last states to bus black kids into other neighborhoods, and they have that program now, which is called Met. 
Chicago where kids from inner city areas go to like Salisbury or all these other different places. So I love that they brought that up. I love the history and I love this show. Yeah. Really good. So I guess we can get into our special segment. Oh, we got a special segment. I wanted to go real <laughs> custom. About yes. as specific as it gets. All right. Our special segment is going to be. Oh. Kevin Bacon's Boston Rolls. Not just top Kevin Bacon Rolls. Not just Boston Rolls. Kevin Bacon's Boston Rolls. Hey. He has done many, and I'm going to rank them. I'm going to say the top five Kevin Bacon Boston Rolls, which is harder to say than you might think, but also sounds delicious because you're combining <laughs> bacon and rolls, are number one, Mystic River. Number two, Patriot's Day. Number three, Black Mass. Number four, Smilf. And number five, R.I.P.D. are, I believe, the top five oh. bacon rolls set in Boston. And I'm not saying that Black Mass is not as good of a movie as Patriot's Day. I mean his performance in it because I feel like what he got to do in Patriot's Day was a yeah. little more, a little more bacony. That was, was a, a good one. It was a thicker cut of bacon. But oh, oh I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but who knew Kevin Bacon was in so much movies in Boston? Boston. <laughs> I think Bacon's he loves that Boston? city. I think he's like got a house there now. Because like after Mystic River, there's a more consistent Boston. Base. Come I think on, he's Kevin. like, yo, I love this city. I'm gonna buy a house. Now he's like, I want to stay in our Boston spot. He's like, I actually like Boston. It's pretty cool. It's pretty the access? Oh, we didn't talk about the accents. The accent. Okay, that should be its own segment. Okay, what are your thoughts on it? Before, okay. what are your thoughts on the accents? Or anytime you see a Boston movie or show with these Boston accents, my favorite thing about the Boston accent is it's not so much an accent as it's in saying words wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm like, um, Boston isn't an accent because accents have rules. <laughs> like I'm from there, and I'm like. What are you trying to get across when I go home? Because yeah. I lost the ear for some of it. Yeah. But also, the second I get on the T, R's are gone and like Every, O's get weird. Gone. Uh, I think especially Kevin Bacon and John Tucker, who loves Boston. Like uh, Tucker's from Charleston, I think. Oh wow! Okay, like, he's, a, he's a local boy. I don't okay. know if it's Charleston, but he's, he's one of those. He's one of yeah. He's got a nine in his zip code. Uh, <laughs> and I definitely think that they captured it really well. And yeah. I think the day players do way better than most. Yeah. The whole time I'm waiting for someone to slip, and I haven't heard it yet, but it's also an accent where it's like, I don't know what neighborhood you're from, yeah. so maybe that is wrong. Like, Quincy and Ma- like, Malden and Quincy have different flavors. Very different flavors. Southie and Lowell have different flavors. Chelsea and like Medford. Medford, I can hear the accent a little bit. So I'm from New York, but I grew up in Chelsea. Yeah. So my accent is a mix of a New York-Boston accent. Okay. But when I watch certain movies and shows, I'm like, okay, people have accents, but they're not as exaggerated as they do. Benedict Cumberbatch in Black Mass. I'm like, okay. What was that? Now, maybe older folks, but yeah. I do feel like it's a little exaggerated, but I think you're right. Like, Kevin Bacon and Tucker do a good <sighs> job at the accents. That grounds it. And it's good, but sometimes I'm like, okay, we get it. It's Ka, Pa. We, we, we get it. It's not as bad as But Cumberbatch trying to do that Kennedy thing in Black <laughs> oh. Mass where he was just like, but I also think it's like um like London, right? You've got yeah. the posh and you've got the, like the, what's the other side it's like of posh? slang kind of in uh, London. Cockney? Is that the term? I don't know. I'm not British. <laughs> but there's like different flavors of accents. Yes. And I feel like Boston, even though it's only this many square feet, right. has more dialects than most cities. It does, because everyone sounds different from Southie, from Roxbury, yeah. Dorchester, the Chelsea, like everyone sounds different. So if you guys are in the comments and 
if anyone's from Boston, visited, have family and friends, let us know. You what, guys if have got accents. Right. Yeah, because I lost mine on purpose. I got out here and like I, I was not taken seriously. <laughs> I'm upset that I have one because I from had New York. to like drop it because I was really afraid of like I'd go yeah. into a room and they'd be like, "This kid's gonna play one thing, Boston, Boston Thug Seven with an H." <laughs> yeah, Boston. That's how you spell it. Boston. Like when you got the sitco sound, you yeah. represent. But like, I think that they do a good job of making yeah. it sound real and maybe toning it down enough where we're not all like, "Is this an episode of Family Guy?" Yeah, because literally every movie or show that I watch, I'm like, "All right, it's exaggerated." Though I'm from New York, but I grew up in Boston, I'm like, "It's not that bad." So I think they do a really, really good job. Yeah, I'm really impressed. That's, yeah. And that's actually one of the show's strengths for me is the authenticity of not just the the setting, but also the characters feel like they're from Boston yeah. too, and they look like they're from. They Boston. do, and that's why I love it. The, the first thing I said about that girl that uh, homie hooks up with in the bathroom, I was oh, like, yes, I, I, was like I guarantee she's got a hyphen in her name. I was like, she's probably from Lynn. She's a no, but she's a something Lynn. Like that's a Kathy <laughs> yeah. Lynn or a Mary Lynn. Like that joke in in, uh, in Ted is authentic. She's yeah. got a hyphen, which I love, and I love that uh, Ted was filmed in Chelsea. Shout oh, out to yeah. Chelsea, my hometown. Chelsea's no, putting in work. No one, no one cares about Chelsea. But let's go to our next segment. Our news and gossip segment. Well, we already gossiped. We are gossip. <laughs> so now this is just news. So, yeah, so we got some news for you. In the world of Boston, a body was found at a Boston construction site oh. in Southie yesterday. Surprising no one. Uh, no disrespect to the dead. I just, I can't. Every time I look up Boston news, that is usually in the top. It's always in Southeast. It's just right there. But on the other side, I want to say Boston is a bastion of progressiveness and intelligence as well as drunken violence. And that <laughs> is the beautiful thing. I travel all the time. I think Boston is the best city in the world because yes. it balances both the worst and best of America. I and agree. it represents all of us. I agree. It truly it does. is. It does. If you want to, if aliens were to land anywhere, I'd say Boston is a good, like, well, this is how we mess up and succeed. Uh, so on the other side of finding a body, a bill is under consideration at the Massachusetts State House at the idea of establishing a universal basic income. Mm. A long shot bill would create a pilot program that would include 100 residents in each of three economically diverse cities and towns within Boston, and they would pay all of these people $1,000 a month for three years wow. to test out what it's like to have universal basic income. So the idea is, the economy doesn't work the way it is now, whether you're rich or poor, well, yeah. if you're rich, you won't agree with me, but if you're poor <laughs> or middle class, you can say, like, it's not working. There is a, a, a problem with doctors that were making $15 an hour 20 years ago yeah. and people making $15 an hour minimum wage have to go up, but like, what's that balance? Yeah. So universal basic income is an idea people have had and I think Massachusetts testing that out in three very economically diverse towns, cool idea. I think that's very cool. So I that like just it. happened. Yes. Uh, there was a shooting in Mattapan about six hours ago. Uh, Mattapan, Damn. another town that you just you hear about, and this is yeah. one of the biggest ones for me. Did you hear about there is a two- Point six billion dollar hotel casino opening up. Yes, because my mother reminded me. She said that she was. She was like, "Girl, the casino just opened." When did the law pass? So when I went home last, we got arrested for gambling. I know. I lived in Massachusetts. Listen, when I went home for Christmas, I live in Chelsea. So when you go the back way and you drive down this area, I was like, "Like, what the hell are they building?" My best friend's like, "Oh, it's a casino coming." This weekend, my mother said the casino finally opened. Just it. So <laughs> it is on the Mystic. There's a casino on the on Mystic. On the Mystic, and it's a dead bodies. Are Oh, on the just stacks of bodies are coming to that <laughs> casino. But, like, it's the Wynn Company from yeah. Vegas, and it's called the Encore. It's going to be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, never close. Wow. And it's $2.6 billion hotel and casino. Uh, the pictures look insane. It's on the Mystic. Um, it's huge. It's insane. Uh, they also found another body in the Charles this week. There we go. Um, we have now, I, I think we've got a clip for you guys, and this translates to real life news. Uh, I want you guys to to see and also hear these sounds. The sound is truly haunting. Here we go. 
That is the sound of our doom. This is so creepy. Boston Dynamics has developed robot dogs. This is a fleet of robot dogs. If you can hear them, what the? F- <laughs> Does that not sound like dude? Like this is what Terminator? Like Skynet's active. Why do we need robot dogs? What's scary? Yeah. What the hell? Are they holding a truck? Are. Oh hell no! It gets so they have decided to release these type of dogs for commercial use. They are starting by the end of the year, doing final tweaks. Proof of concept dogs are already out. This is a video of them. By the end of the year, they expect commercial versions of Spot to be available to That's consumers. Creepy. You can buy one of those by the end of the year. Can you imagine? Boston Dynamics. Boston Dynamics. Look, Boston, I have an idea. How about we extend the train until like 4 a.m. and the clubs at 4 a.m.? We don't need robot that's it. dogs. That's Look, it. that's so creepy. Let's fix the tea. Let's, let's not, fix the let's, tea. You know what I mean? Let's finalize like, the big dig from when we were kids. I don't know. That's an idea. Let's get some more buses going in. Like, let, let's do that. There was a there was a shooting in Worcester, a barbershop. <laughs> uh, there was a, this one was crazy. A driver hits two pedestrians in Woburn's uh, Applebee's parking lot, is charged with an OUI. The idea that something happened outside of the Applebee's, drunker than in the Applebee's, it. Is crazy to me. It's insane. After nines at Applebee's. Applebee's is amazing. It's the best deal in There's town. There's this like Applebee's in Everett. We, we got Uber and Applebee's. Listen. Yeah, we'll talk about it after. Yeah, Next that, time we're both home, yeah, Uber and Applebee's. We're gonna go home. It's the spot. <laughs> uh, and then the final bit of news that is personal to me, especially actually briefly, Boston Police will start wearing uh, cameras in Dorchester okay. and Southie as of next week. Very they're nice. starting a rollout, which I think is great, and they're excited about it. Final bit of news important to me: they're talking about selling Mall's Diner and putting a freaking condo there, but maybe keeping Mall's as the base as the floor level. Oh, Moles rude. is an institution. Don't touch Moles. Moles is my favorite spot in South. I need to go there. I've never Moles, been there oh, before. Moles are the best, in t- best hash browns in Massachusetts. Okay, like, next time I go home. Corned beef hash from Moles. I'm trying this. I'm going to just give you a list. So we'll I, compare I, notes. Let's compare a list. Like, I'll give you a list of places that I like in Boston yeah. and you give me a list of places that you That's like That's what the show is going to turn into. That's what we're just going to give. The <laughs> After Buzz Boston. This isn't the best city of the hill anymore. It's city of the hill. Sorry, city gossip. Boston, Boston gossip. <laughs> yes, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. This has been an amazing second episode. Before we go, quite let the fans know where they can find you out on social media and all that stuff and where they can stalk you. Uh, so you can find me and stalk me uh, at Koi Jandro, C-O-Y-J-A-N-D-R-E-A-U on Twitter and Instagram. I host uh, comic book shopping at, at Collider. I host Collider Heroes. I've got shows in Nerdist. I've got uh, stuff at Screen Junkies. I'm doing a Screen Junkies movie fight next week. Uh, basically, all of the internet. I, I like being there. And we've got a very special comic book shopping dropping uh, in a week and a half that I can't wait to share with you guys. Awesome! Guys, I'm the Kia Monet. You can find me on all social media at Kiki Boom Boom. I host a whole bunch of shows here, but man, it's too late for me to even list them all. <laughs> but this might be my favorite because, again, I'm from Boston and we're both very biased. Make sure you guys come back uh, for episode three. And if you guys are in the comments, let us know what you guys want us to talk about. If you guys are fans of Boston, let us know. Because you know we would love to talk about it. We would probably do that the whole time. Yeah, if we, if we could, it would be about the Boston after show. <laughs> Once we got through all 10 episodes of Sitting the Hill, there's another Boston 10 about after Boston. Show. So we're going to do that. So guys, we will see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us. See you next Sunday. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.